Yo, 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 yo. Now the podcast, NBA edition, episode 22. Uh, we're going to get right into this. We are <laughs> fucking around with sound stuff again. But um, I think we sound good. I think we'll make it happen. Uh, we'll say what's up. Uh, I am Panda Vinci. And I'd be, oh, the tech god, the tech wizard up in here. <laughs> Just uh, trying to keep it out. <laughs> All right. We got I am, I am Karan, and uh, I'd be um, in a little bitty chair. I'm a large man in a very small chair. This is uncomfortable, but we're going to make Aww. it work. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I am Darren, and I'd be in a medium-sized chair. Um, but when my daughter was here during Labor Day weekend, she called it an uncomfortable chair. So it's suitable mm. in terms of size, but I probably should be sitting on a throw pillow or something. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, all right, so we're not going to waste any time. We're going to get into what's going on this week. Um, today is the 20... What is today? 22nd? It is. Yeah. And then today is the 22nd episode. How about that? So uh, we got a couple of takeaways here. Uh, we got one from Quran. Yeah. I mean, if you have been, you know, up just on NBA Twitter, you'll know that uh, the Clippers um, following game seven of their series loss uh, to the Nuggets. Um Apparently, Paul George decided to give it give uh, giving speeches the old college try, and mm-hmm. failed failed miserably. Um, because as you know, if you watch the series, you know that if, by and large, um, he did not play well. He did not play well in the first round, most of the first round either against Dallas. So, um, you know, apparently, according to some sources, it has been reported that. During the speech, it looks like a lot of people were just kind of giving him the side eye. Um, <laughs> there was a, I guess that the word was the looks of quote unquote a bewilderment, um, and also that some of the players apparently uh, also think that they're better than Paul George, that he's not that <laughs> that he's not that good anymore, wow. and that, that, that some of them feel like they're just as good as Paul. Now, I'm interested in knowing who those players are. <laughs> yeah, because that um, might not actually be true. <laughs> yeah, so there's a good chance it's not true. Yeah, there's a very strong chance that's not true. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's the situation. I, you know, just as far as I feel about it, I just think that, I mean, I just think Paul isn't a. Uh, he's too inside of his head when it's playoff time. I don't think there's a player except for Kawhi that's better than he is. Um. He's an excellent regular season performer. It's once he gets to the playoffs, especially as of late, where he just doesn't um, – something happens. Something happens. The lights get a little bit too bright. Um, the basket turns into a thimble on him. <laughs> and, you know, he starts hitting the side of the backboard and things like that with no crowd, no noise, no nothing. You know, so – it's it's unusual. It's unusual, but you know, hopefully, it's something he can get over. But for any of the other players that are not named Kawhi to think that they are better than Paul is interesting. It's very yeah. interesting, considering the, the the considerable deficiencies of some of these players that you would think maybe think that. Let's say like Lou Williams. Okay, he can't play defense at all. Yeah, he was pretty much a liability for them in the in the series against uh, the Nuggets. And then you maybe Montrez Harrell, but he's mm. small. He's just small, big. So he looked small against Jokic. Jokic made him small. Um, so I, I don't know who we're talking about here, but they need to kind of like this kind of irrational confidence situation is a little bit overboard if they're thinking they're better than Paul George. Yeah. I, I tend to think that this is just a continuation of their chemistry issues, right? I mean, like, yeah, for sure. Obviously, there should be. They need like a Phil Jackson or like someone knows who out who who knows how to wrangle 
personalities or lack of personalities. You know what I mean? Uh, just because I feel like Paul George can fit on someone's team if he's not like an alpha personality. Like there's, there's plenty of guys who know how to win in those environments where they where it, they're just not comfortable being an alpha personality. You know what I mean? Kind of like uh, I say DeMar DeRozan is kind of one of those guys, right? Like he just doesn't have the personality to kind of like rally a whole team and put them on his back. And he can do it with his play sometimes. Like, like he's, his skills are incredible and eh, clutch. He could be here or there, but like you can tell it's more of his, his personality that kind of shrinks in those moments. And uh, I think Paul George has some of that too. So, and it's, it's kind of like a modern day superstar thing that like this wasn't, wasn't really a thing before, you know what I mean? Uh, And, you know, different era, different personalities, different issues, you know, for sure. But um, when you think of Kawhi and PG as your leaders, you're kind of like, okay, so the Clippers have plenty of type A personalities on that team, but to to a point where, you know, it may not be a good thing because they can kind of look at these guys kind of like, what's what's your deal? You know what I mean? Agreed. Agreed. And and I, I feel like if, if I were uh, Doc – you know, you'd have to sit these guys down and just kind of figure a way for them to harmonize because obviously there's plenty of talent on that team. But like, if they're still dealing with issues like this and kind of like, if Paul wants to be a leader and people look at him like, sit the fuck down. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not a good thing, you know. Where this team went wrong to begin the season is, you know, deeming these guys coming into the organization, Kawhi and PG, the de facto leaders, without having earned the fact that those guys respect them for leadership qualities. Right. And, you know, the other thing about that, too, is you have a guy like, I can always use LeBron as an example, who's a leader in a vocal sense and who's also a leader in terms of how he plays and his effort and how he practices and all that. So the Clippers have to come to the understanding that they're going to have to compartmentalize that leadership. They're going to be guys that lead with their voice and that's not going to be Kawhi and that's not going to be Paul George. And then there are going to be guys that you hope lead with their play. And that is going to be Kawhi and Paul George. So you really have to separate that out. It doesn't mean that those guys aren't the best players on the team. You just have to identify that you have a problem in those guys being vocal leaders because they're not, and they're not respected in that way. And then you go back to the beginning of the season, and we know that there was all this, you know, kind of friction even before the playoffs, before the bubble, because these guys were load managing, and they were sitting out, and they weren't practicing, and they weren't doing all these things. So, again, you can't be a vocal leader if the guys don't feel like you're doing everything that they're doing, you're not really, you're not rising to the level of being a leader in all facets. So if Kawhi goes out there and kills it and get gets buckets, other guys are going to follow him. But yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, Pat Beverly is a vocal leader in the locker room, or maybe it's, you know, Montrez or whoever the case may be, but I think they have to realize that you can't just deem these guys the vocal leaders in your locker room if they haven't earned that. That's see, I, I think, I think that's going to be end up being a, a, a an issue though, because I can't think of a team in which the leader was not also the best player. Yeah, like I can't right. think of a a championship level team in which you're. I mean, he has to show and prove. He has to tell you. I'm trying to look. I'm like I'm I'm thinking back right now. Of of championship level teams. I mean, there's there's plenty of plenty of times when that happened. You know, where your best player, you know, uh, isn't the actual actual leader in the locker room. Maybe the leader on the floor, yes. But you know, I think about you know that Heat team right now. It, it's not Jimmy Butler. It's Udonis Haslam. It always has been. Even well, when Dwayne Wade was on those teams, you think yeah. about the old Celtics team. It was Robert Parrish. It wasn't necessarily Larry Bird. Mm. 
So that happens. That works. You just have to. Yeah, but we're, we're talking that issue. Well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it like this, though. The Celtics team had a much. Hmm, I think I, hmm, how, the team, the Celtics had a, a different sort of math. Okay. So Paris was the leader on the team. But it wasn't like Larry Bird was quiet by any means. You know what sure. I'm saying? Right. You sure. know, they, it was a few guys. It wasn't just Parrish. It was Parrish probably first in the pecking order t- because he's, you know, he's the chief for a reason. He's called the chief. Mm-hmm. But Larry Bird was Larry. And, but, but Robert was also a Hall of Fame center. Um, and then you also had DJ. Dennis Johnson was also a leader on, the te- on those teams too. Right. So you had, they had group leadership. But they were all vocal. All of them were vocal, and that's the that's the difference. I mean, I look at the, even the Heat team that you mentioned. Udonis was probably the loudest, but LeBron was not sitting back. He's very he's extremely vocal. So that's the thing. So you have Paul, and you have Kawhi. My issue is not even with Paul. My my issue, quite frankly, and to some extent. Is with Kawhi. Kawhi has to has to get out of this mindset like he's just kind of on, like he's playing basketball, like he's being borrowed borrow time, right? <laughs> he has to like he has to settle like settle in and create order. Yeah, like yeah. Even if he's not the vocal guy, he needs to like create order. This is how we're going to do things. This is how we're doing it. Period. We're gonna go that where I'm going to I'm going to create a, I'm a, I'm a set sail and we're gonna go the direction in which I put the sail and we're all going my way. So so I, yeah, I think I think he still wants to act like he's on the Spurs, you know, Not. like 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 he's got like <laughs> Tim Duncan or he's got like a Manu. Like there's they were there were all these alpha, you know, team right. leader team leader guys. And all he had to do was just ball out. That's like all he had to do. And so like the same thing in Toronto. You had, exactly the same thing. You had yeah. Kyle Lowry and you had Marcus All and you had Serge Ibaka. Right. But they vocal were, guys. Right. Vocal, vocal guys. So he, he literally just wants to show up and catch a check and play ball, you know, like. And like I, he has vocal guys, but they're not the same level. Like Kyle right. Lowry is better. You know, he's better than the guys that, who are being vocal. Well, talking Talking trash ain't being vocal, you know. Right, that don't count. Like vocal yeah. is like Clippers just talk orders. trash. Yeah, right. They talking to their front runners. They talk that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back yeah. it up. Right. So mm-hmm. like Kyle, somebody like Kyle, he's talking that shit and and he's backing, backing it, it up. up for damn sure. So yeah, yeah. The saga continues. I guess we'll we'll see what happens there. But I I do feel like they could fix this. It's just. Uh, I don't know. I, I, some of the chemistry issues they may not be going anywhere, man. I think the type of players they got, they got kind of, kind of me guys. when you think about it, I mean, they're not like world renowned, best teammate in the world kind of guys. No, they're not. And that's a problem. That's a legit yeah. issue. I think they're going to have to move some of these guys around. I don't think they're going to have a completely same team. Yeah. I think you got to move some of these, these players around, especially the guys that thinking they, um, Hot shit, and they're not really doing nothing. Yeah, Yeah, you got to move them around. You got to find guys who are good team guys that blue. Yeah, it's just blue collar guys are just gonna get their head down and not trying to be tough. There's plenty of guys guys. around the league like that. Yeah, I need I need actual toughness, not pretend tough guy. I mean, real tough guy. Marcus Morris ain't played for no winning teams. What does he know about winning anything? Yeah, he can't even decide where he wants to be or what he wants to do or who he wants He's to play go with. Or... He go, he go where his brothers go. That's, <laughs> they go together. That's they, they, which I love their story. Twins yeah. make it to the NBA. It's incredible. Yeah. But look, we talking about winning titles and winning, you know, winning things. Now you got to do winning things. Right. Right. You got right, to right. win stuff like you to win well, stuff. So. You have to be winning player, winning mentality, winning everything. Okay. All right, and then uh, I got a little takeaway. Uh, so Adam Silver came out, and basically, uh, I'll just go ahead and read from this article here. It says, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said Tuesday at uh, that his best guess 
is that next season will not start until at least January. Plus acknowledged that later than usual schedule could mean top U.S. men's players uh, miss some, uh, next summer's Tokyo Olympic Games. Um, so it, it looks like they're they're aiming for some closer to January. And man, we don't know how this fall is going to go. We're already kind of like we just hit two hundred thousand deaths in this yeah. country. Uh, we don't know what's going to come with, you know, just a regular flu mixing in. Uh, <laughs> I mean, any expectations for next year has got to be, you know, scaled back. I mean, at least just in reality, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think they originally said they were shooting for December 1. But then they moved that back, and now they're basically saying, okay, we're going to have to move back again. Um, I think even starting the season in January is crazy. Yeah. In terms of guys are going to be playing in the finals in October. Right. I mean, it's great for guys who didn't make the bubble. Yeah, they're ready to go. But, I mean, these yeah, guys that's how it goes. That's how it goes every year, though. If you play deep into June or any regular season, let's say you like LeBron. LeBron's played deep into the year every year, except yeah. for last year. And he comes back. Yeah, about four months. No. no. I mean, you're talking about June, late July, August. You start, But you start training camp in, like, September. That's true. So, I mean, you got to be, you know, look, man, dudes, dudes got to be ready. I, I think it's early. Oh, I think okay, January no is a little early. Yeah. But, you know, I think you take, no, you know, November, December off and you come back, you know, I think you come back in probably the end of January, beginning of February. Well, I think one thing they should, they should consider is definitely playing a shorter season um, and maybe splitting it up into two and like maybe go back to a bubble style. Uh, maybe two locations uh, because I mean, it's working, but like, it's also, it's also taxing on these guys. So you can't expect them to, to continue this, you know, like for a whole season, that's a lot, you know what I mean? Uh, But if if they were to kind of break it up into two or maybe three segments and kind of like uh, maybe it'd be a good opportunity to use that uh, playoff thing that they were talking about that mid season uh, tournament or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they may have, maybe that's what it is. is they have options because I, I know that what they're doing right now works pretty well, but like they, they're going to end up needing fans in the seats. Uh, so that's, that's definitely gonna be real tough because I, I don't think we can realistically, we'll be wearing masks all of next year. Like it's, it's just not like this no thing is going to, disappear anytime real soon. I think you just start in a bubble. I think you plan on mm-hmm. getting back into into the stadiums and arenas uh, around America. <laughs> but you start, I mean, you just start in a bubble. You know, you yeah. start the, maybe the first month. Let's say you just do, do it for the first month. So you just know you're doing it for that first month, right? And get your mind around it. And then you're like, okay, well, two weeks in, you start looking at the situation and seeing what's going on. You just kind of go from there. You go from there and go from there. Um, yeah. Maybe you do three bubbles. Maybe you do the, you continue doing the Orlando um, and then you split the teams up and, you know, maybe one in Los Angeles, maybe one in some place that people don't even, you know, like there's, there's stuff they can do. So, you know, they, we got, they can plan it out better. They don't, it's not, it doesn't have to be as haphazard. Hopefully they're already thinking about it. So um, yeah. it sounds like they are. So I think you start in a bubble and then you just kind of ease your way into the arenas. Yeah. I think that's exactly what you have to do. You definitely have to start there. It's going to be January. Not much is going to have changed since then. So you definitely still be a flu season. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be even tough just keeping, you know, everything contained inside the bubble safe at that point. Um, right, that's if, true. You know, symptoms are amplified and things are getting worse or, you know, staying as they are even. Um, but, well, you know, kind of what I wonder about this is kind of to Panda's point, which I think is a great point of kind of breaking up the season, maybe with a midseason intermission playoff kind of situation. So they get back on schedule, so to speak. So they get the finals back to June 
or, you know, however they need to do it to kind of reset. So they get the finals back to summer and they get the start of the 21-22 season to October. Um, so, you know, I kind of I'm, I'm wondering if they're figuring out how to reset their schedule to get back to even. Yeah. And I wonder what that'll take in terms of scheduling to do that. Yeah, if they're real clever with it, maybe maybe they can find a way to give these guys rest and let them play. Next thing you know, you're seeing almost close to a year round, you know, like NBA season. Well, to me, I've always thought that that should be a possibility going from way back. Like, it it seems like they should shorten the seasons, lengthen out the season. You just have a whole season over the year, Mm -hmm. you know. But, I mean, some guys like that long break, too, especially if they're yeah. losers. Like, you know, they probably like that long break. <laughs> but, but I'm going to say this, though. <laughs> I, do think, I do think they should just play – I mean, what did we play? Ended up playing like 60 games, really. Mm-hmm. So, I think they should just aim for another 60-game season. And then hopefully, you know, by June of next year, we'll be, right we'll be kind of, you know, back regular and it'll be the summertime. And then hopefully, you know, corona, you know, the coronavirus be kind of tapped down a little bit. It doesn't look like it's ever going away, away, but it may be manageable and you can put people in arena. I mean, they're putting people in football games. We'll see how I get this to really the test right there. The football games are going to be the test. Well, the football games are, I guess, to a certain degree, to a very medium percentage outside or at least with a retractable roof or something like that. It's not like sitting in, in a contained space and people are yelling and screaming and laughing and breathing. That's a little different. Yeah, but if they come back with outbreaks from even just having had been outside, right? right. <laughs> that's right. that's indication that, hey, no, we're not ready for arenas yet. But you um, know, also think about that too, okay, in terms of shortening the season. If if they start back in January and play a short season and then reset and start another shortened season in fall of next year, at what point are, you know, certain teams, certain markets going to start saying, all right, we're don't, we're not getting fans in the door. We're not selling tickets. We're not selling concession. We're hemorrhaging money. So we, we really don't even need to be playing because we're kind of, just maybe breaking even or even not. So that's that's why I think they're going to end up going back to the arenas. They have to. Right. Yeah. They got them. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> to be seen. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, uh, Darren, you got a take for us? Yeah, I have a, a quick takeaway because, you know, this, this point has kind of been talked about a little bit. But, you know, we're talking about the Celtics who are – um, currently down 2-1 to the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. But after game two, which was a loss for them, they came back and won game three. But after game two, they had a bit of a spat in the locker room. Uh, apparently, Marcus Smart was kind of at the center of it, and he was going at Jalen Brown. And uh, maybe Tatum, Tatum got involved and, you know, some other people, and they just kind of – I wouldn't want to call it a brouhaha because we don't really know, but they had a bit of a – bit of a fight in the locker room after losing two games in a row. And um, I think it helped them. I think it helped them quite a bit, actually, because they've been great through the playoffs so far. They only lost a couple of games. Um, And, you know, I think when guys, especially on, on teams and team sports, when guys get in each other's face and hold each other accountable, I'm not talking about anything getting physical, but just getting in somebody's face and saying, hey, man, get your shit together. That's kind of what you do. I mean, that's what you do for your friends, for your brothers, for, you know, whoever, you know, that you work with side by side or or whatever the case may be. And, of course, the media kind of blows it out and makes it a much bigger thing. And and now, you know, they'll get to talking about, oh, there's dissension. Somebody's going to get traded or who needs to be in the locker room and who doesn't and is this a real problem? Can they get past this? And that's never really the case. If you don't like losing, you're going to be upset about it. And it manifests itself in that way in sports. You get into it with your teammates, sometimes with your coaches. And I'm just, I wanted to bring it up because I think it's completely fine. I think it's completely normal. Mm-hmm. If guys are losing and aren't fighting in the locker room, that's not normal. For yeah. sure. That's that's definitely an issue. 
I 100% agree. I, I think you nailed it by saying holding each other accountable because that's that's what he was doing. I mean, like, I, when you think of Marcus Smart, you think of someone who, you know, who is a team guy, who has the team's best interest. You know what I mean? Right. And um, unlike, you know, some Clippers teammates. But, uh, huh. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I think it, it has to be all positive and, I think we're seeing it, seeing them bounce back, but um, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think these games, they they could, I don't know what's going to happen in this series. To tell you the truth, I, I still like Miami, but uh, it could it can go long. It could be a long series, and uh, I guess we could, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you know, speaking of the the locker room argument and and you know, key guys getting in each other's faces, you didn't hear anything about that Clippers locker room and somebody on the bench, maybe a six man or um, an eighth or ninth guy in the rotation, running up on Paul George and saying, "Hey, man, get your stuff together," which is what should have happened. Um, because again, there's an issue with with leadership in that locker room, and I don't think that's an issue with that Celtics team. They have superstars on the team, of course, but everybody's kind of on a level playing field in terms of you put in your work on offense, on defense, you show up to practice, you're not taking any games off. We're all out here with one common goal. And that just doesn't seem like what's happening with the Clippers. So, again, they're connected. Yeah, they're connected. connected. Right. So I I think why that helps them if they do have a little bit of a tiff is it's because they know what they can do. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, what do y'all what do y'all see with that series going on? Like, y'all see anything surprising or anything as far as twists and turns, or is it just kind of it is what it is? What do you think, Darren? I'm hearing so much talk about zone defense. I haven't heard this much talk about zone defense in a conference <laughs> finals in like 20 years. This is not complicated basketball. Like Miami makes it a little bit difficult because they throw some crazy looks out there, but mm-hmm. a, a, a zone is a zone. Boston has shooters. I don't see why there's so much talk about this. Is it just because they're, Miami's having, I don't know, they can kind of get where they want, whether, and the ball moves. Like they, they're good at kind of getting the ball around and uh, finding just the right guy. Maybe it's just. Their ball know, movement something. is great. They, they move without the ball a lot. Right, right, better, right, right. A lot better than Boston does. I will say and that. They got and guys they're young guys. Yeah, they're, they're, they're. Baseline, yeah. Yeah, they look like they've been in the system a while and they're just, just moving and grooving. Well, they're, they're, I think that the thing about it is, from what I see it, um, first from the Miami side, offensively, is they're not asking guys to do things that they hadn't already done before. So, like, Duncan Robinson is a shooter. He was a shooter at Michigan. Okay, so they're not asking them to start dribble driving. They want him move around, move, 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 catch that ball, shoot that, be a quick chugger shooter from the corners or from wherever because Duncan can hit from wherever. Yeah. Um, and they're asking Tyler Hero to more or, or less do the same thing. And I think what benefits them is that uh, Bam, Bam Adebayo is such a good passer. He's such a good playmaker right. for other people. So now they're not lacking, you know, they're not lacking any particular. I think Hero does a little bit too much sometimes as because he's a young player. So he plays a little bit outside of himself sometimes, um, which, okay, he's a rookie. So you kind of expect a little bit of that. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of let that rock a little bit. But at this point in this season, he shouldn't be making mistakes. So that's another issue. Defensively, well, go ahead. No, I was just gonna. I was gonna add to that. I, I agree with Tyler doing a little bit too much at points, but I think that's in large part because a lot of times in the first half, Jimmy doesn't really show up. He's not taking I, shots. Uh, that's the surprise. That's that's, that's, the, that's the surprise right there. Um, he he is, he's being extremely passive. It's very interesting. Um, he, he is a big, strong guard, 
and he does not take advantage of his matchups. It seemed like, like I get that there have there's some length out there, on, you know, with Brown and Tatum, but he's bigger, he's yeah. strong, yeah. and he does not seem to be kind of like trying to get. He's his thing was is getting to the rim, get to the basket, get foul, go to the free throw line. I mean, I think he shot probably in the three games. I bet I don't even know the number, but I bet you he has shot probably less than. 15 free throws between the three games. Right. So yeah, that's a problem. Like he needs to get to the free throw line. Um, now um, defensively, I think it's similar to the offense for Miami because they can just, they can switch everything almost. I mean, it's at least for a brief period of time, especially on the perimeter at BAM can guard anybody one through five. Yes. So just his versatility is is incredible. What he can do and how good he makes that team because he's so good at like virtually yeah. everything. It yeah. just it makes it it makes it so easy for Eric uh, Spolter to kind of work around. Um, you know, I think yeah. sometimes that's a bit of a deficiency for Jimmy because Bam is, is such a versatile player. He makes it easy for everyone to get shots. A lot of time, Jimmy doesn't really need looks he can just help bam facilitate i know that sounds weird to say that jimmy facilitate but he does and that's what's happening and then you know tyler's getting buckets um uh robinson's getting buckets uh goron's getting buckets so you know of course bam gets his as well so Jimmy's just kind of falling back, and he picks it up late in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, when they actually need to, you know, kind of, kind of put the other team away or kind of solidify their ten point lead or twelve point lead with you know four or five minutes left in the game. So Bam being as good as it as he is sometimes just makes Jimmy, you know, I don't want to say irrelevant, but he can just wander. That's that's great. not good though. That's <laughs> no, not good I, though. It is. It good. is. Because, I mean, <laughs> I, well, I just see it as like he gets he gets to watch these guys operate. And then um, Dragic is another huge part of that. Like, I think they have just the right mix of guys. I mean, with him and Bam, like he gets to move around without the ball. I've seen it so many times where they just have like this good connection and um, they can read each other's moves before they make them kind of thing. Like they look like they've been playing years together, and uh, and Jimmy, when when he has to press the issue, he can do it. Obviously, we've seen it. Right. But I think I think he the ball. I think the ball moves more in a natural way when he's kind of not just kind of isoing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. I, I, I'll let Karan kind of tap into why he thinks that's a bad thing, but it, it's not for me because, I, you know, as we've seen in the past series and then in the first two games of this series, when Jimmy needs to turn it on, he can. Now, is that going to wind up being a problem when Boston starts playing better, which they eventually will? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I think the, the the issue for me is that, you have to show them that that that's there for 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 them when he wants it. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. Okay. And I don't know if they really are afraid of that necessarily because he's so passive. Um, and if he were to start, I mean, it doesn't have to be a main feature of the offense, but you need to show that, like, when it comes right down to it, I can go and get this bucket. I can get this bucket, and you, there's not a lot you can be able to do about it. Um, I. I <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the, the reality of it too is, uh, as I'm just kind of like thinking through here. I mean, it's not like Jimmy is, um, you know. I mean, he's not. He, he's taking some. He's not LeBron James. You know, he's not. I have to be realistic about who he actually is too. Um, yeah, he doesn't have some great history of being this massive shot maker and and game takeover guy either. So. Um, I have to be realistic about that. The other, on the flip side with Boston, I feel like what they're doing, um, what they're going to have an issue with is this sort of funneling of, they're kind of walling off Kimball Walker. He's small and he looks small in the series. They're making him look extra small. Like he's playing a little bit better, like in the, you know, in the third game. 
But it's very clear when they everybody they put on him, they just stay on him and they just like on top in his neck. They're in his body. Yeah. And he's such a small guy that uh, it's it's not looking great out there for him sometimes. And, you know, the problem is, is that they're playing this kind of modified three two zone when Tatum right. and Brown start warming up. So Kimba can't really get any looks in that. Not great looks, not the looks he's used to getting not step back. He can't get to the rim. He can't get to the free throw line. That's a problem for him. Yeah. Um, so game, what is it? Four is coming up tomorrow. Yes. Yep. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I think this is, it'll be a longer series and it may get a little funner to watch towards the end. Um, obviously, uh, First two games are pretty good to watch, um, but uh, I think it's it's you're dealing with uh, two teams that can kind of adjust, and they're they're two good teams. But I don't know if uh, we're looking at a, a super long series if uh, they keep if they get to run against the Lakers, who are looking like world beaters <laughs> right now um, against the Nuggets. The Lakers, um, what's happening with the Lakers is what every team hopes happens with them in the postseason is they start clicking. They yeah. start clicking at the perfect time late in the Houston series, and now they're just grooving. Now everything looks and feels easy. It's fluid. Guys are moving. Guys are switching. Guys that weren't hitting shots are hitting shots. Everything looks spectacular. And, man, they are really good on defense. Oh yeah. One one thing that I saw, and I'm not like trying to be a contrarian or or anything, but um, what I saw with that last game was the Nuggets kind of s- slowly starting to look comfortable, which they haven't all series like at all. Uh, they started finding out ways to get Jokic involved and kind of do what he does, and then. <clears throat> they they were kind of letting the Lakers shoot bad shots at times. And 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 at some point, to be honest, if one obviously more than obviously, if it wasn't for AD in the last game, it'd be a tied series. But because uh, there was times where it was just no one could hit a bucket and LeBron wasn't playing too well. But if they if they can have AD carry them like that. They're unbeatable. I just can't see anyone beating them. What do you think? Here? Oh, well, I mean, I, I don't think that they're out of the woods yet. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I, I just don't. I, I think that, I mean, they were really fortunate to come out with the W the other night. Um, I do think they are the better team. But I mean, I thought the Clippers. You know, it's it's. I don't. I just. I don't trust it. I I, I need to see that they're just not going to come back. It just seems like the 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 Nuggets are like the World War Z zombies. They just keep coming and coming <laughs> and coming and yeah. coming, and it's just like wow. And they somehow or another they gain new life, or they just need a little bit of air, and so they need to suck the life. Out of them. I mean, the Lakers yeah. really need to do that work tonight. And, and um, I mean, it's not obviously for the Lakers. It's not a <laughs> must win, but, <laughs> but I think they should suck the life out of their uh, out of the out of the Nuggets now. And why they not let it go two one and get them any confidence? Right, but but then it's almost like, what are they going to say if if Lakers win today? They're just going to say, oh, the Nuggets have them right where they want them, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they like, might. That's, they might. How it's been for them, you know. But but, but you're. I think you're right. You, you have to just like say, hey. The, the the thing is with the with the Nuggets, you can't really get in their head to the point where they're just gonna they're gonna fold over. Like, and they're they're not doing that right now. And the Lakers are looking like the better team, like by a lot. But if like well, you're right, if if you can get any life in them, and them just to look normal, like. Like I swear, last the other night I saw them look normal for a little while, and it's like, okay, they're right back in it. 
like they're kind of just doing what they do. And I think some players got a few, got more minutes than they needed, but I don't know. The thing is for me that is that the Lakers are obviously the best team that they've played in the postseason. And the Lakers win close games. So to me, even if Denver made a little bit of a run or they did make a run in, in game two and made it close, and of course, AD hit an amazing game winner, to me, that's not momentum for, for Denver, like making it close and then losing the game. That's not momentum against a team that can win fourth quarters, can win second halves. That, I mean, they're obviously going to play well, but I always thought that this series is going to be them losing close games. Mm-hmm. I just I just think the Lakers are too good to lose in the clutch. Often. It ain't going to happen four times. And they're I not going to get blown that. out. Yeah. So, you know, it makes it's, sense. That makes I just, sense. I don't I don't see it. It's it's tough. Yeah, it is tough. But then I guess some of the things uh you see with the Nuggets is when they just kind of catch fire and they just kind of like just wipe you off the damn court. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's gonna happen. I, I guess some some things can happen as far as if you get a bet. Some things have been happening for the Lakers that aren't very normal. I mean, like the Rondo minutes have been great for them. The um, uh, Dwight's been pretty damn good. Like there's there's just certain players that are stepping up at the right moment, and and it works. About? Well, guys are playing good assignment basketball. Yeah, 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 for sure. Dwight is an extremely strong player, even, you know, in his latter years. So his assignment is to put a body on Joker every single time. Oh, man. He, down doing, the floor. Hey, he, yeah, is, he is. Oh, man. He's doing, a, I mean, he's he's doing a, a job. He's, he's scoring more than 10, like. I but, think in the series, isn't he? Even when Joker doesn't have the ball on 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 an inbound or an out of bounds, he's on his body. He's pushing him. He's bowing him. He's bumping him. When oh yeah, he's getting moved around. To him too. He's pushing him. He's bowing him. Like he's he's playing. He's doing his job. He's and, being told to use up his six fouls. Absolutely. That's what that is. Yeah, yeah. And, and, for, I mean, and Rondo, to tell Rondo, that to a Hall of Famer, that's you know, right, Rondo, right. Rondo's that's incredible. A champion. When when Rondo's healthy, he's a champion. And if there's there are few players in the NBA better at managing and facilitating a, a game, a good offense at that. Like you put good players around somebody like Rondo, good things are going to happen. Just he's that good. No, I agree. LeBron doesn't even have to touch the ball when he's in the game, and he usually does that's, that's the key, and that's the, the whole key. See, but what they're doing right now is they're making you forget the times that they struggle to score. Like, and they're just kind of making you forget about those times entirely. You oh, know, yeah. Because cause everything just looks great, and it's it could be matchup stuff, but it's, it is what it is. They're playing great basketball. Well, they're good defensively. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the Lakers are really yeah. – I mean, the, since they got into the bubble, they've had like the – I want to say they've had the number one defense. So, yeah. they've been they've been doing it. That defensive situation is – I mean, all around – I mean, even when Kuzma's not shooting well, but the defense is really good. Yeah. Um, that's where Shantay Pope does yeah. his best, best imperson, imperson, impersonation of an NBA player. <laughs> On defense, like yeah, he the can defense is good. He can fly around out there, he's good. Um, yeah, Alex game. Caruso. Caruso's great. Yeah, I mean, so just stopping right now. Let's let's, let's uh, go ahead and repick this series. Uh, we'll go round table. Uh, um, I'll start. I'm gonna say the Lakers. I'm gonna still say. I'm just going to lessen it up by a game. I'll say Lakers in six. Okay. I say Lakers in five. Lakers in five. Yeah. Um, damn. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to call on the Nuggets. You act, um, like, you act like the Nuggets going to be upset with you. You're going to make them cry. No, 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 no. No, what I'm, what I'm <laughs> thinking about is, is whether – I think it would go six or five, to tell you the truth. I mean, um, 
I don't think it'll be a sweep. Um, but can they get two? I guess that's the question for me. Um, I think they can. But then again, I think this Nuggets team, if you give them two, they're like, all right, let's 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 go ahead and take three. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that's that's kind of who they are. Like, you can't give them any life. No, if they so, get two, it's a problem. So if, if, the, if the Lakers keep balling out, I'm going to say five. But um, if, you, nah, if they you gotta, give... You got to commit. God damn it. You can't be like, <laughs> this, but no. this two. Yeah. <laughs> So, so what's she taking? Okay. <laughs> Lakers in seven. Oh, oh man. So you think they're gonna they think they're gonna come back through? I mean they might. Uh, I assume uh well, just like I was saying, saying I can't, I can't count three, them out. It's it's really only because, like I said, three, three the Nuggets games. If you give Nuggets like a little taste of that, you know, those shots start going in, they start feeling good. And then the series starts getting longer for those veterans over there, for the Lakers. Then, it, it, then it could be kind of a problem for them. But that's a big if. Yeah, that's a stretch. Yeah, they got to yeah, win. Well, they stretch. have to win tonight. They have yeah, to win exactly. tonight. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If they lose tonight, then it's either a sweep or five. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it's no. Yeah, they they lose tonight. It's over. Over. So. No question. Ain't no team coming back from the three zero. Three ones, yeah. that's yeah. happened a few times. A yeah. couple of times but then at it, this point. If, if the Lakers just kind of run over the Nuggets and then run over whoever comes out of the East, do we end up with like a very satisfying, you know, championship or finals? I don't know. Well, I mean, the reality of the situation is that we thought that whoever came out of the East is probably going to win the championship anyway. Right. Um, possibly. Possibly. Right. And unless it was like a tuned in Bucks team and they tuned out a long time ago. So, <laughs> so that didn't happen. So now you got oh, two teams no, that are, you got two teams that, although they're talented in the East with Miami and, and, and Boston, they just don't have the weaponry. They don't have enough weaponry. They're not, neither team is big enough. Yeah. Um, neither team is strong enough. I mean, it's it's a lot, and they, they don't they don't have any significant advantages. Neither of the teams like they don't have a position in which they have a clear advantage. And like see, if Miami makes it, Miami probably is going to pull it out. I think so anyway. I but think so if let's say they play the Lakers, let's say they play the the Nuggets, what advantage do they have against the Nuggets? I don't see one. I don't see one. Definitely against not against the Lakers. They don't. There's no advantage. Bam Adebayo would have to be playing out of his mind. It'd yeah. be the shooting. Yeah, but if not, it's not significant enough. We're not talking about the like the the no, you're right. Warriors. Yeah, yeah, you know. Right. So it's not really enough to overcome. And yeah, it's it's it it would be a tough matchup for either the Celtics or Miami against either of the Western teams. So, and, and if by some random coincidence the Nuggets did come out of that series, that that Miami zone would crush them. Just <laughs> they don't they don't have enough shooting. Not Murray is not going to do it. Uh, Murray and Porter shooting a decent clip. Gary Harris is kind of just he's good defensively. I don't think they would have to worry about that. I don't think they would need to worry about the zone because of Jokic. Um, yeah, he would kill the kill that zone. Yeah, he would kill the zone. He yeah. yeah, he would just put them on the low block. Instead of putting them high, you put them on the either side of the low block. Either low you can block. pass from there too. Right. So yeah. now he's now you're cutting through. You can't play your zone. Now you now your your zone is over because you got to follow those guys. Zone. You have to yeah. follow those guys. So it's no, nah, I don't think that would work at all. Same with with Davis. It just wouldn't work because he's too good of a passer. Or you put LeBron on the low block. Like I just right. If you have a good big that can pass, you don't. There's no way you can play zone. That's the the Celtics issue is that they don't have a big that they can play up out of that position. And Tice is not a good passer. Williams mm. is not a good player yeah. except unless he's getting dunks, yeah, and blocking just, shots. Yeah. yeah. So they don't have that guy. Well, I mean, see, that's kind of the thing for me is is if if the Lakers. 
beat the Nuggets, and then you know eventually what we kind of expect is to for them to beat the Heat. For me, there's no reason to be dissatisfied because the Bucks are who we thought they were, and the Clippers are who we thought they were. Like yeah. if they would have emerged and proved that they were you know ready to to contend and to win, then that's a different thing. But they are just kind of the same old Clippers and the same old Bucks. Like nothing actually changed. So there's no reason for me to be underwhelmed by right. a really good Lakers team winning when the other teams aren't ready to win. Yeah, right. I, I'll be pleased. Right. This will be a, I mean, the winning a championship in this bubble, I mean, that would be impressive. <laughs> given the scenario, given the circumstances, given everything, um, no home court. I mean, to yeah. me, it's, it's, it'll be an impressive championship. It'll be like a, a championship, a 1.25 championship, a championship in, <laughs> in a quarter. Yeah. I mean, it's you, impressive. You can't, you can't say that it hasn't been, you know, super competitive and, and, uh, you know, everybody's kind of brought out their, the best of the best. Uh, right. Except. And just everything around it, how you have to live, how you have to work. You're not with your yeah. family where you weren't for a while. And it's, it's just, it's a, they're doing the same thing we are, except they're doing everything else. <laughs> right. <laughs> like yeah. right. Playing basketball and working out and conditioning and learning new sets and adopting to new teams and personnel. Like it's, it's yeah. a hell of an accomplishment. Well, sounds like uh, by the time we talk next, we should have pro- maybe a matchup to talk mm-hmm. about. So, and then that'll be yeah. like a 15 minute podcast. And we'll, <laughs> we'll just get into it. Uh, but cool. All right. So we'll see what happens tonight. And then uh, we'll see where we are by the time we meet up again. Yeah. And uh, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in and uh, checking us out. And we'll do it again next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.